Thanks for joining us on today. Uh, if you don't have a, a sermon notes, I want you to raise your hands and uh, some of our ushers will come by and give you one. Uh, in the sermon notes, there's so much more than we'll get to go through. On the back page, you've got a full overview of the books and where the number seven occurs in the whole thing. I'm not even going to talk about that. It's just extra for you as you read through the book of Revelations with us. Uh, today, we're going through chapter six and chapter seven. Your homework will be chapter eight and chapter nine. If you're going to stay with us so that as we go through the book, you're not coming in brand new, but you're learning for yourself before you come to church. Thank you for being an incredible body of believers that get excited around literally the Word of God. Uh, if you're joining us from Garland, welcome home. If you're joining us from Prosper up north in Bougieland, welcome home. If you're joining us from, from the Lou uh, uh, by the airport, welcome home. If you're joining us in downtown Dallas in a hotel, uh, crushing it for the glory for God there, welcome home. If you're a college kid, welcome home. If you're a grandma, welcome home. If you're a young kid, if you're a baby that's going to cry a little later in the service, welcome home. We just love you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for reminding us of life to all the babies in the house. We love you. Is anybody glad for new birth? Anybody glad for new birth? Come on now. Woo! All right, let's get to work. Let's get to work. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to stand, read Revelations chapter 7, verses 12 through the end, and then we're going to jump into what God has to say to us on today. Look at your neighbor and say, you are really blessed to sit beside me. Look at the other one and say, pray for my humility. <laughs> Anyways, come on, let's go. Father, thank you for today and for this opportunity around your word. Um, thank you for a group of believers that love to study literally your word. Uh, God, I just pray that as you, as you walk us through this text, that you will allow us to hear what you have to say to our hearts specifically. Revive our souls, God, revive it. Remind us of why you left us here. Thanks for this opportunity. I pray for every person on every row, in every living room, in every kitchen, uh, the people by the pool. Uh, I pray for them too. Um, bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. The people by the pool, God bless you. You got a heated pool, that's what that means. It means you're fancy. Praise God's blessing on your soul. All right, let's stand up and let's read the word. Come on, everybody, stand up, let's read the word of God. Here we go. Uh, Revelations chapter 7, we're going to pick it up in verse, they, they, you see how they lead us, they want us to start in verse 15, so we'll start in verse 15, I said 12, they said 15, but we'll start in verse, <laughs> come on, let's read, here we go, saying, amen, blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. We need to just say that again. It's just an anthem that we need to say. Everybody with passion in your voice, let's read it like you teach your kids how to read it dramatically. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. Blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Come on, somebody. Woo. All right. Uh, I'm not going to read no more. We're going to read this one more time. That's all you get today. I'm, I just like it. I just, they didn't do this in any other service except this one. So we're going to read this again just to get your blood pumping for what you should be doing every day of your life. Just praising the name of God. Everybody ready? Touch your neighbor and say, you ready? You ready? You ready? Touch the other one and say, you ready? You ready? You ready? Now, 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 when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, they're going to say it in Spanish, in, uh, in English, in uh, Palestinian, in uh, Hebrew, in uh, everybody going to say it. So here we go. Let's practice now. Every, don't say saying. Leave this out, all right? Start here. Some of you started there last time. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the God that we serve. You may be seated. 
in the house of the Lord. Somebody said, praise God, he didn't read long and I was standing for an hour today. Won't he do it? I've been praying for that all week. Praise the Lord. <laughs> all right, here we go. So what we've, 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 in our series so far, here's what we've said. Behind everything physical and visible is always something spiritual and invisible. What it means, whenever you're going through something in the physical, God's always doing something in the spiritual. What does that mean? Whenever you're going through something in what you can see, God's always up to something in the invisible that you can't see. The next time you go through a storm, don't worry about the storm itself. Praise God that he's working something out in the spiritual. Praise God that he's working something out in places you cannot see. Eyes can't see, but he is up to something. The entire book of Revelation. All he's doing is showing us a little bit of what he's doing in the invisible and what he's doing in the spiritual behind the things that are physical that you will see. That's all he's trying to set up for us on today. So here's what I've suggested so far. So far I've suggested in the Revelation chapter 1 through chapter 3, uh, John is talking to a group of people. Uh, the church is gathered uh, in Asia Minor. There's seven of them, and he's talking to them. And here's all he's saying. And he's going to go through the whole book. He's saying, uh, you have two choices when you're in a trial. You're either going to be faithful through it, or you're going to compromise. If you compromise, what that looks like, it's very subtle. It looks like you're going to allow your life to morph with the culture, and instead of following the word, you're going to follow the culture. All he's telling us is I want you to remember to be faithful and not compromise. Say that with me. Be faithful and not compromise. One more time. To be faithful and not compromise. Then we went to chapter 4 and chapter 5. And last week we suggested the main idea was that um, God says to us, listen, if you, if you worship at my throne and not at your throne, then what will ultimately happen is you will have peace and stability. And you will have, say it with me, peace and stability. And if you have peace and stability, it means you will not live your life fearful of everything that comes your way. And on the flip side, you will not live your life try, filled with placebos where you're trying to soothe yourself from whatever it is that you think you're missing. And so many of us go to different things to soothe ourselves. Well, all that our heart is really longing for is to worship the creator who created you. So he's suggesting, what I want you to do is I want you to abandon building your kingdom and I want you to focus on building my kingdom. I want you to abandon worshiping on your throne. And I want you to worship the true and the living God on his throne. And if you do that, you will experience peace and stability. Last time you'll experience peace and stability. And when you experience those, you will be abandoning living a fearful life or living a life trying to soothe yourself, whether that's through people, whether that's through uh, some kind of substance, whether that's through you trying to achieve something, and you think when you achieve this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to soothe you on your inside. What your heart really longs for, the text is going to tell us in a moment, is the peace and stability that God has for us. So that's what we did in 4 and 5. And so today, we enter into a new phase. Look at your sermon notes, and you will see we're entering into a new phase. Here's what it looks like. It starts out with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and then it goes, John's talking about this to the ascension, then the church is here's there, then it goes to the rapture. We talked about that last week. Now this is where we are today. We're in the tribulation. On your sermon notes, it's horizontally laid out for you, and you will see that this is where we are today, and we're going to be here for the next three, two weeks. We're going to be here in, Revel in um, Revelation uh, 6 all the way through about 15, and then we'll go from there. But we're talking about the tribulation. Everybody say tribulation. All the word tribulation means is storms. You're going to go through some storms, but no storm like you've ever seen before. In light of that, what I'm suggesting to you today, if you're here and you're not a believer, listen to me, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, the reason this book is here is for you. Because it's telling believers that time, you don't have a lot of time. So since you don't, it's your job to get ready and tell the world about me because at some point in the future, 
Every knee will bow to that and every tongue will confess to that. So why wait till that time in the future? Just make your decision today to follow Jesus. So in light of that, what we're suggesting today is that he lays it out for us and he says to us, I want you to be ready. If you look at Matthew 24, it talks about what we're going to talk about today in Revelation 6 and 7. If you look at Mark 13, it talks about it, which is why Revelations is not things that are all new and spooky. It's already been revealed, Many of much of it has already been revealed all the way throughout the text. If we read the text, we'll understand that this is not foreign material, it's material that he's now packaged a little differently. So when you go to Mark chapter 13 and he tells you about the end times, he keeps using this word seven times in Mark chapter 13. He uses the word alert. Everybody say that with me. You're alert. alert. Two more times, alert. alert. Last time, alert. Good. So, which means you are alert and you are ready because you're, you're not laid back. You're not sitting on your lazy boy chilling. You are alert like a soldier that's ready in battle to take on the enemy. You are alert. My problem is that there are too many believers that are not alert. There are too many of us that we are chilling, we think we're cool, nothing's going on that's wrong, we have lots of time in the future, we don't have to worry about it today. And you could not be more wrong. So he gives us seven areas um, that I want to remind you to evaluate yourself, to see if you are alert. Pastor Matt, come on up here. And so you know when you're alert, right? You're alert when you, back in the day, I mean, long time back in the day, I used to do track and field, like long time, like, like, Years ago. Um, Matt did it years ago, too. He think he did it yesterday, but he did it years ago, too. But anyways, and so you know how it goes, right? When the, when, the, when the guy says, on your marks, and then he says, get set. When, you're, when they say, get set, go ahead, Matt. Matt can only do it one time, y'all. So when he says, get set, <laughs> when he says, on your mark, then get set, this is what ready means. You ready to go. It means you can't wait to go. Just release me, God, into the world. All right, go back down, yeah. And so, 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 so do you know what we do instead of being alert and ready? Do you know what we do? You're the person, you've seen these people before. You're the person in the jumpsuit, you know, you're in the tracksuit, you think you're cute. You got a Nike on or a Puma on or whatever you got. And then, and then you're walking down and you're looking, you, you can smell yourself. You're looking at yourself thinking, mm-hmm. I got it, man. Mm-hmm. And you're walking around and you're hoping your friends, you'll you be, you be saying hi to the people. <laughs> and you're smiling. The, 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 it's, you have a race. You have a lane to run in. And instead of doing that, you be like, hey, guys. And then some of us, we be looking at a dude doing the, doing the long jump. And we're supposed to be in our race. But we're looking at somebody else's race. Looking at what they're doing over there and trying to say, hey, man, uh, you, some of you will miss your race looking at other people's lives. Some of you walking around talking about, hmm, looking at yourself, talking about, yeah, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I'm always ready. The, 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 the starter is ready to go, and you're doing everything else instead of what you're supposed to do. The challenge on the floor is that's what the church of Jesus Christ has become. Instead of being in the ready position so that God can use you greatly, you're walking around hoping people will look at you or you looking at somebody else as they run their race. Which is why some of you need to do a fast from social media because your whole life is spent on a screen. Apple tells you how long you've been on the screen today, but you don't care. You want to, let me see if I can exceed yesterday and look at everybody else's life and ignore your own life and what God wants to do in it. So then the question becomes, Pastor, how do I know if I'm alert? I have an objective standard for you. How do I know if I'm alert? So here we go. Here we go. Here's all you know. It's in your sermon notes. I'm giving it to you so you never forget it as long as you live. Number one. It's all you know if you're alert. Number one is either you're discipling someone or someone's discipling you. If you're not, you're not alert. 
You're doing something else. You're looking at somebody else's race, but you're not alert. Because he says, go ye therefore and make disciples. That's not a suggestion. It's not, hey, man, if you have time in your busy schedules, that's what I want you to do. No, no. He says, go make disciples. Yet most of us are not doing it. Number two, he says, I want you to deepen your love for God, for your neighbors, and for your enemies. Some of you say, God, I got two out of three, but I'm not doing three out of three. And so you love God. You're trying to love God. You're trying to love your enemies. You're trying to love your neighbors. But you say, enemies? No, not me. Yet still, this is what God's called us to do. Number three, you know and live the word. You know it because you're in it, and then you live it because as soon as you get to know it, you start applying it to your own life. But not many of us are doing that. We don't even know what the Bible is. If I say, if I find, if I say find Hezekiah, you don't know where to find it. That's the problem, that you're not laughing. Because Hezekiah ain't in there. Number four. <laughs> number, <laughs> number four. Number, it's okay, it's okay. So he'll get it on the way home. Number four, pray for the, pray for the quick return of Jesus. Many of us don't even want to pray. You know, for what? What am I praying for him to return for? I got too much life ahead of me to live. You're concerned about all the expectations and the dreams that you have, and yet still God says, I only promise you today. I didn't promise you tomorrow. I want you to live as if today's your last day, but we don't do it. That's why he teaches us in Psalm. I want to, Father, teach them to number their days so that they might have wisdom and not believe they got these dreams that they're going to accomplish. He continues. The next one is, I want you to live as if today's your last day. Next one, I want you to share your faith. Everybody's sharing you, with you what they think, but ain't nobody sharing their faith. Here's the last one. I want you to walk in the spirit so you don't fulfill the, the, the deeds of the flesh. And some of us know how, to, know how to walk in the flesh, but not in the spirit. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, this is how you know if you're alert. You're doing all seven of these. Now, many of you love to chew your kids out. Y'all ain't getting no A's. Listen, you don't come, you're Edward's boy. You need to get A's, all straight A's. Well, how are you doing in these seven? Here's God's report card for you. How you doing? Post that up. Post how you doing on social media. Post Instagram. Hey, I got one out of seven. That's what I posted. Post, go to Facebook. Hey, guys, I'm Facebook Live, Facebook Live. I am evaluating whether or not I'm alert, and currently I am doing zero out of seven. Go brag on that. You, you, you ream your kids out about getting poor grades. And when the creator of the world asks you, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. Two times in 15 years, more the flesh than the spirit. Okay, you got 0.1%. And yet still, many of us don't even feel bad that we're not in the alert position. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means instead of being faithful, we have allowed the world and we have compromised and allowed the world to, to morph our lives into it. And the problem with compromise is many of us don't even know that we're compromising. Because you think, because you go to church every Sunday, you think that you godly. Some of you be like, Pastor, I've been in church my whole life since I was two years old. My mama be dragging me in church, and now I'm still in church. Praise the Lord, somebody. Yeah, but if you're in church and you ain't doing nothing Jesus said, what's the purpose of being in church if you look just like the world? Preach, pastor. What would what, what, it look like if the only throne you're sitting on is your own? Because all you care about is you and your two and a half kids. And if, and if anything happened to them, you're ready to take on the whole world, but you don't care about the kid next door that's going to hell, but you never open your mouth to them and tell them about Jesus. Preach, pastor. Preach, pastor. Preach, pastor. Therefore, he's suggesting to us, we ought to live in the alert. The reason you have the book of Revelation is to tell us we have to be alert. Because there's coming storms and tribulation and trials that, that the world has never, ever seen before. And that should quicken you to run the race God has for you. Give Matt, Pastor Matt been down there a long time, hasn't he? Give him a round of applause. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Bring him back to your seat, Pastor Matt. He's doing good. He doing... <laughs> Pastor Matt been down there. Can I move now, please? Can I get I know somewhere? 
What's he saying to us? How are we doing, family? Actually, let's do this. Let's pause and let's do a, um, let's exchange papers and grade each other. To give the other person, write on your sermon notes, yes or no for each one, and then let the other person beside you grade it. You remember when they used to do this in class, you remember? And you'd be like, no, bro, no, 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 no. No, bro, no, 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 no. Don't worry, don't worry, I didn't do good, I didn't do good. You don't have to see how badly I did, I didn't do good. He says, that's your alert position. So family, here's, what all, here's all I want you to do. I want you to go to yourself and I want you to say to yourself, self, every day I'm going to ask myself, how am I doing in each one? How am I doing? Every, every, every single week we'll give you an opportunity to be disciple or disciple. Every week we'll challenge you to know your work. Every single week we're remind, in this series we've been reminding you, I want you to pray for God's quick return. Every week we'll say, hey man, I want you to live as if you like. Don't wait till you go to a funeral for somebody to tell you, live as if it's your last day. Come on, let's live that way right now. Can I get a witness? Ask somebody how you did. Ask somebody beside how you did in the test. Ask them how you did. Go ahead, ask them. The person beside you, ask them. How you did? How much you got? One out of seven, two out of seven, two out of seven. Ask them. Ask them, ask them, ask them, ask them. No, for real, ask them, ask them, ask them. Go ahead. Go ahead at the camera. Ask them at the campus. You ask them too. How you doing? Uh-huh. Let me see your paper. Let me see it. <laughs> All right, come on back. Come on back. Come on back. We gotta go. Let's get some more. All right. So now, as we go to the passage, what I want you to do is I want you to understand the historical context before we jump into Revelation chapter 6. So here's what the historical context looks like. Here's what's happening in the background while John is writing this book from the island of Patmos. Number one, there's an emperor called the Mission that's on the throne, one of the, one of the worst emperors in all of history. He's beheading Christians, hates Christians, beheading them, taking them out. We don't want to have nothing to do with you. Number two, watch what's happening. Then John is trying to protect the book and his life by using symbolism. So every now and again, when you see all these symbols, it's not just there because they want to be confusing. Sometimes it's there because if he doesn't use symbols and he talks about who he's really talking about, then they might take John's life. Number three, here's what it says. So the emperor is threatened by John which is why they banished them to Patmos. Number four, this is the historical context. That is why if, the, if he wrote about Rome or Babylon, they would have killed him. Why? Because they don't want you to expose what they're doing and who they are. The last one, watch this one now. I want you to remember this as we go through the whole book. Watch what's happening. Jesus will transfer from being a priest to king throughout the book. You must not miss this, because in the first part of the book, he is the lamb that has taken away the sins of the earth, and he now is the intercessor between you and the Father. As the book progresses, he's going to have a crown, he's going to have multiple crowns, because he's going to go from being a priest to a king in the book, and this is very significant as you worship the one who sits on the throne, as you go through it. So as you go through, I want you to watch an overview now of these chapters, and I want you to see how they break down. So pull up chapter 6, chapter, yeah, here we go. So watch what happens. This is very important. These are all chapters, right? You're going to see chapter 6. This is the seals that are going to be unlocked. Then you go into chapter 7, and you're going to see what the Bible is going to call witnesses. There are going to be 144,000 of them in chapter 7. It's actually a pause between the opening of these seals to the sixth one, and then before the seventh one shows up, there's going to be witnesses that show up. Because, listen, wherever God has people, he will always have witnesses. Because his mission is to show the world that he loves them and has a plan for their lives. Watch what happens next. So then you go to chapter 8, 9, and 10. More, more um, seals and then trumpets and then bowls. And then chapter 11 and 12, you have two witnesses that show up. What are their jobs? To tell the world about Jesus. They're going to minister here. They're going to minister here. So you have the 144,000 and you have the two witnesses that are going to minister here. And they're just going to be ministering while the, while the, uh, the, the, the seals and the trumpets and the bowls are being poured out on earth. Listen, everybody, that's because your God always leaves us with witnesses. Let me say that again. Uh, uh, he created Adam and Eve, witnesses. He allowed Noah to show up, witnesses. He allowed the nation of Israel to show up through Abraham, witnesses. He allowed the 12 apostles to show up, witnesses. 
He allowed the church age to begin witnesses. He allowed you and I to be here, witnesses. He allows us now to go into the tribulation after the church goes, witnesses, 144,000 witnesses. God never leaves the earth without witnesses. Your job is to be a witness of the goodness and the grace of God in your life. That's why your neighbor should know you're a believer. Your neighbor should know that you know Jesus. Your, your neighbor should know that you pray for them all the time because you are a witness. God didn't just give you that big old house for you to, for you to be like, look at me now. It's not about your doggone throne. It's about his throne. That's why we worship him in spirit and in truth. That's why we open up our mouth and tell the world about Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, don't compromise and think it's all about you getting bigger and better. It's about to the one who sits on the throne. To him be glory and honor and dominion and thanksgiving and praise to his name. Not your name, his name. My God today, he, leaves, he left you as a witness, therefore we must be witnesses. All right, come on, let's get to it. So then the question becomes, why does God bring this tribulation? Three reasons. Why does he bring storms in your life? Same thing, why does he? He brings it so that we can wake up unbelievers. That's why the book of Revelations is here. That's why he's showing. Number two, so he can shake up the nation of Israel. And number three, so that he can wake up the kingdom of God. What does that mean? You remember what the Bible says when Jesus is doing the Beatitudes? Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Say that with me. Thy kingdom come on as it is in last time. Everybody didn't say it. Everybody together, all campuses. Thy kingdom come on as it is in Here's what that means. Listen, everybody. In other words, God says, um, my kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. It's going to come in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. It will happen. Until then. You ever go to the movies, and you go to the movies, and it starts at 7 o'clock? It's a lie. The movie don't start at 7. It starts about 7.25. So if you're late, don't worry. You're good. Because the first 25 minutes, they're going to show you all them previews. No, here's all the preview is. It's, it's, it's telling you about future attractions. So all the church of Jesus Christ is. If the world wants to see what it looks like for God's kingdom to be on earth as it is in heaven, then all they have to look at is the church of Jesus Christ to get a taste of what it's going to be like when it looks, on, when God says, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. All they got to look at is the church. The problem with the church is we have compromised. So what the world values as most important, we value as most important. What God values as most important, we don't value as most important. So they're looking at our church and they say, all right, help us out. And all they're finding is we get mad at the same things they get mad at. We cuss like they cuss. We act like they act. We act a plumb fool like they act a plumb fool. We shack like they shack. We cheat on tests and taxes like they do. Am I walking down your lane yet? Do I need to keep going or is that enough? Is that enough? Okay, that's enough. Let's stop right there. But all I'm trying to say is when they're looking, they're looking for the, the preview of coming attractions. And instead they see the same stuff they get angry about, we get angry about. Do you realize that beneath, the reason why the tribulation is going to flow so easily is because just beneath the surface of the world today, there is so much anger that's breeding and can't wait to let loose. And there's anger everywhere. Anger about political parties. Anger about um, um, Palestinian and Israeli. Anger about everybody. Gotta, there's this anger boiling. And God says, you should have peace and stability. But instead of peace and stability, you, you can't wait. Well, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. And, 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 and it's like you're getting ready for a fight. I'm like, is God still on his throne? The God you serve, is he still on his throne? Then why is it that you, you got this boiling anger? I wish you would. I wish you would. What is all that? What is all that? Somebody cut you off. I've got... What is all that? 
The referee called a foul on your kid and you didn't think it's a foul. Referee, you, you, you got to go home. You have to leave here. You wait till you leave. What the heck? What, 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 what you trying to suggest? You got a little struggle in your marriage all of a sudden? My mama didn't raise no fool. My mama didn't raise no fool. You go to bed. You go to bed. See what I'm going to do. You just go to bed. But it cut you. What, 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 what? What are we talking about? And you justify it. As if you're, yeah, you know, God, I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Christians cray cray. I promise you. <laughs> I got too much. Stop. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I got too much. Come on. Come on. Come on back. Come on back. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me show you how bad it is. Let me show you how bad it is. Come on. I gotta go. Um, why does God? Why does God have to open up these scrolls? Why, why does He have to open it up? He He owns the earth and everything in it. But if God is going to be just, and if God is going to be holy. When people act a plumb fool, his wrath is a part of who he is. You can't have a just God that lets stuff go. So he has to deal with it, which is why you have the tribulation. But let me show you how church, me and you, let me show how we have belittled God. Go to your sermon notes, watch this. Here's what we do. Don't we do this sometimes? We downplay the abomination of sin. We treat it as if it's not a big deal. Don't we do this? We mute the standard of holiness. Don't we do that? We, 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 invent, ooh, we invent a tolerant God who winks at our rebellion. We, you know why? Because you love, here's what you love, your favorite song, your favorite gospel song of all gospel songs. Here it is. You love this one. This is your favorite one. You sing, you know the words. I'm going to start it and you're going to join me. Watch it. Here we go. We fall down and we... We fall down and we, you know why you love that? Because it gives you freedom to sin. Knowing that, yeah, God's going to pick you back up again. Which means we are abusing his grace. But you love the grace side of God, just not the holiness side. You love the side where his mercy shows up, but you don't love the side where his wrath shows up. But you can't, get God, you can't get one God without the other. He is God, and that's the totality of his character. It gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. We, we are, we are, listen, we are offended by his commands and his character. That's why, you don't mind, that's why you don't mind tracking. Because the culture says that's what you do because it didn't work for your mama nor your great-grandma. So let me just do it. They didn't work for them. So now you don't use God's standards to set the tone. You use man's experience to set your tone. Oh, I'm preaching. Preach, Pastor! I'm preaching now! I see you up there. I see you. I see you. I see you. Why? Be be because we just said, hey, man, listen, my generation, my generation don't do all that. You know what I mean? We just do what's practical. Come here. Here's the last one. We argue that God doesn't even exist. He don't exist. Come on now. Y'all fooling around with this God thing. Just do what you think. Everybody do what's right in their own eyes. That's all you care about. If, if it feels good, do it. Let me show you. If, if they're right in the Bible today, here's what it would. Everybody did what's right in their own eyes. Here's what it would sound like. Do you. And the, and, and the culture says, uh, do you. If you're doing you, you're good. That means everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. God says, don't do you because you died. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. It's Jesus that's living in me. So don't do you, do Jesus. Oh, I'm preaching today. I don't need your hand clap. I'm preaching today. So here's what you're going to see. Come on, I got to go. Here's what you're going to see. So you're going to see seven seals. Then you're going to see seven bowls. Then you're going to see, then you're going to see, 
then he's going to see seven trumpets, then you're going to see seven bowls. That's what's going to happen, and that's where we're headed over this next uh, two weeks, all right? So here we go. Let's jump in now. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. So turn the page over. Turn the page over. Let's look at these seven seals that he talks about. You have a white horse, red horse, black horse, pale horse. Then you have the martyrs. Then you have the signs. You see, you don't even have to fill these out. They're all filled out for you. Praise the Lord, somebody. It's all done. I knew I had a lot to cover today, so here we go. Watch it. Here's what happens. So he starts out with a white horse. A note. The white horse is coming to conquer. Ooh, I wish I could stay here so much longer. The word crown is used here. But the literal word for crown is a man-made crown. You're going to see the word crown again when Jesus shows up. But now it's a crown that's made in heaven, not one that's made on earth. Because this is somebody that's trying to, that's trying to imply that he is the one we have been looking for. But he is not. He is coming with pseudo power to conquer. But he's going to have power and that power is going to lead to wars, which is the next horse, the red horse. It's going to lead to wars. There is no more peace because peace will be taken away from the earth. And then after, after the red horse, it's going to lead to the next horse, which is going to be famine. No, you have a balance, a scale. You have a scale because it means that food will be rationed. And when it's rationed, you have somebody that comes with power, which leads to war, which now leads to famine. Everybody can't find food. And then it leads to the next one, which is the pale horse, which is sickness and disease. Watch this. A quarter of the earth is going to die. With COVID, 0.1% died. When this happens, a quarter of the world's going to die. You want to see pain? You want to see crying? You want to see the gnashing of teeth? That's what's going to happen. But why is he telling us this? Because he wants us to realize that we are his witnesses in this generation and we've got to take up the mantle of leadership and lead wherever you are. That's why he's telling you. It's not just a book of information that says, ooh, I know revelation. It's to quicken us so we get in the alert position and we can pull off why he left us here. That's why he's giving it to us. So he continues after the pale horse. That's, that's the bowl number four. Then you have five, which is the souls of martyrs that John see under the altar. And here's all they're saying. God, how much longer do we have to go through this? How long, Lord, is the cry of the people? And they're begging God, how much longer? And then is the next one. No, this is cosmic atrocities. All of a sudden. Stuff start moving. Whole islands get up and go somewhere else. Earthquakes like you've never seen it before. Um, storms like you've never seen it before. That's what's going to happen. Why is all of this happening? Because you cannot have a just God that does not punish wrath. The only reason all hell don't break loose on earth is because the church is here. Because you're here. You don't even realize how God is using you mightily to restrain the wrath of God. But when you're moved, then all hell can break loose. Uh, I got to help you out. So let me see if I can. Let me see if I can. So um, um, yeah, I don't know if you realize this yet, but um, 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 tribulations is like a storm, but not a regular storm. It's like a hurricane you've never seen before. You see, it's one thing if you have, if you have one um, hurricane level one. Then you have, you be like, ooh, okay, I'm going through it, but I can handle it. It's not too bad, and I can handle it because it's one. But when you have two and three, and it go from level one to level two to level three, the world has not yet seen tragedy like it's going to happen. So bring them all out now. So then when it starts happening and it starts increasing and the intensity starts increasing and more and more and more and more hurricane type stuff starts showing up on earth, people start being blown away by all of what is happening. And then all of a sudden, everywhere you go, you got to um, latch the house down. You got to make sure you tape up all the windows. You got to make, because a storm like this, the world has never, ever, ever, ever seen before. And all you have is everywhere you go, you can't get out of it because everywhere you go, there's storms all around you. What do you do, God, when the storm keeps coming? And you get a chance to tell the world, repent now so you know what's coming because the church is going to be gone, but you might be here and he might show up tomorrow. So since you don't want your friends to go through the storm, it's your job to say, God, will you please 
Give me the courage to tell my neighbors and everybody I know about Jesus. And that when you find Jesus, you find peace and you find stability. That's why we do it. That's why he does it, for real. That's why this is so important. That's why this is not just, ooh, my church is studying revelation. It is to quicken you and I so that we know how high the stakes are. So look at your notes and let me show you what he's going to do. So if you look at it, you'll see that he says there's a storm of wrath coming. It's the same seals that we talked about. And it starts with war. And then he goes to famine. And then he starts with subjugation because there's coming a leader. That's the first, that's the first seal. And this leader is going to want to take over and create pseudo-peace. Then it's going to go to violence. Then it's going to go to famine. These are all the seals. Then it's going to go to death. Then it's going to these cosmic events. But every time there is a storm, you need to know your God is so faithful and your God loves you so much, he always provides shelter in the middle of the storm. So here's what he's going to do. I promise you, for these 144,000, and he's telling us this for the 144, but he's also telling us that we, we get this privilege now, we just don't see it. Because in every storm, he says, I'm going to provide shelter. So to the same storm, here's what he provides. To that same storm, he says, I'm going to give you my presence. To that same storm, I'm going to give you my peace. To that same storm, I'm going to give you my preservation. To that same storm, I'm going to purify you so you look more like me. In that same storm, I'm going to give you provision. And that's what he's doing in Revelation 7. Revelation 7. Revelation 7. He's giving it to you. So here's what it looks like. In the midst of your storm, bring it up. In the midst of your storm, God says, the storm's going to be raging. It's going to be raging. It's going to be ridiculous. Most people, a lot of people will die from it. But in the middle of it, your heavenly father says to this 144,000 that, that, that will be his witnesses. He says, I'm going to provide shelter in the middle of your storm. So as the, as the winds blow, as they churn up more and more and more, God says, you need to know, I love you so much in the middle of your storm. I'm going to provide for you a shelter that you can go in. And in the middle of it, I'm going to give you peace. Yeah. I'm going to give you perseverance. Yeah. I'm going to give you purity. Yeah. I'm going to give you my presence so that no matter how wild this storm is, I still got your back. Can I get a witness? One community. Church. Good God Almighty. Jesus. You gotta admit that this team crazy providing all this foolishness here that they don't do. I don't know where they get it from, but just give it up for the props team who get it for all of for all for all the 30 seconds that I use it, they got it all. Praise the Lord, somebody. But I don't want you to ever forget the goodness of your God in the midst of a storm. Listen, everybody. Listen, if you don't have peace. And if you don't have, what's the other one? Stability. Stability in the middle of the storm. It means that for some reason, you have, you have sought a placebo to provide shelter for you. It means that you have either decided that you're going to live a fearful life or you're going to live a life driven by placebo. And if you do, then don't ask God for peace and stability. Peace and stability is, is found when you worship the one who is on the throne. Not when you come up with your own strategies to soothe yourself in the middle of the storm. And he's saying, just like I did for the 144,000, I'm doing for you too. So if you find yourself in the middle of a storm today, he says, I got your back. I will give you peace. I will give you my presence. I will give you, there is nothing you can go through that doesn't first pass through the throne room of God. And because I have that, because God has that kind of confidence in you, you know that you can be in an igloo where you are protected from the storm. Some of you say, well, pastor, the last time it didn't look like he protected me from no storm. It didn't, well, 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 why did he took my mama? Why my mama gone and I want my mama? Why did he took my mama? That's because your mama was always praying. Lord, come quickly. So she have more peace than you have right now. And what you need to pray is that you get your mama's spirit that says, Lord, 
come quickly, Lord, because this is not my home. I'm only passing through. Lord, have mercy. Let me help you out. 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 Um, my son asked me oftentimes, he says, Dad, would we ever live in Jamaica? I said, son, the truth is, buddy, um, you can't make it in Jamaica. Mm-mm, you can't make it. Um, actually, son, the real truth is, I've been here 30 years now, son, but the real truth is, um, your dad can't make it in Jamaica no more either, son. <laughs> I don't know why y'all laughing, because y'all can't make it in no third world country either, okay? I'm just trying to help you out. You don't believe me. Here's why. When you call 911 in a third world country, they come two days later. Oh, you laughing like, like they're going to go, okay, ain't no roo, roo, roo. Because they want the guys with the guns to leave before they show up. <laughs> you you want to go to the hospital? Oh, man, I got, I got an ulcer. Whatever you got, uh, yeah, I need to go to the doctor. I need an ambulance. Come. Ambulance? Somebody better throw you in the back of a car. And they better take you to the hospital. And when you get there, by the way, there's a line of 400 people waiting before you show up. And even if you have a gunshot, they don't care. They be like, all right, here go a wheelchair. They put them in there. And then you wait in line. Talking about you, oh, yeah, I can live anywhere. I'm good. I'm a soldier. I can live Okay, okay. <laughs> so I told him, I said, hey, buddy. Um, I can't make it, buddy. I used to. If you ask me, maybe 15 years ago. I'd make, I, I, I could make it. But today, son, I don't know why Jada coughing over there. But, um, <laughs> but son, <laughs> but son, me and you can't make it. Don't even talk about your mama, son. Me and you can't make it. We just can't make it. I mean, no, no, no. We can go for two weeks, son. We can go for two weeks at a resort. <laughs> Come here. You don't believe me. As God is my witness, I took him one day. I said, hey, son, I'm going to take you to where daddy grew up, the house I grew up. Is that all right, son? Oh, yeah, dad. I can't wait. I can't wait. Come on, let's go. I said, okay, son, it's about a four-hour drive from here. Is that all right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to see where you grew up, dad, because I, I can do it, too. I, I can do it. Oh, okay, son, come on, let's go. So we end up there, and um, as he gets in, they're, they're, they're all kind of dogs, but they're not like your dogs. They're... <laughs> 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 it's a true story. There are dogs everywhere, and it's in heat season, so they're making all kinds of noises, going after each other. And there are cats everywhere. Dogs and cats coexist there. And so there's, you know, there's all kinds of... I'm, I'm talking like 50 of them just running around everybody's house. It's, it's just all over the place. And, um, and, and he says, Dad, there's too many dogs here. What's going on? I said, don't worry about it. Then he goes inside the house, and there's no AC. And so literally, he says, hey, Grandma, hey, hey Grandpa, good to see you, da-da-da, da-da-da. And he said, hey, Dad, where, where, where the TV at? Um, so, um, there's a little one around the corner. He says, Dad, by the way, it's hot in here. Um, do we? <laughs> no, this true story. He said, Dad, um, we don't have AC? No, 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 so, no, 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 no. About an hour later, hey, Dad, I'm ready to go back. <laughs> to which I said, me too. <laughs> Be, be careful how much you laugh. Because here's the point. I've become too soft to live there now. I've just become too soft. Can I tell you about you too? God says we're only passing through. This is not our home. And yet still too many of us have gotten so in love with the luxuries that we have that we can't do without them. And if God dare take one away, you get mad and put your fist up at God. And it is he who gave you all the stuff you got. And he reminds you, this is not your home. And yet still we have fallen in love with our home so much that we don't want to pray for him to come quickly. Some of us have fallen in love with our businesses so much, you can't wait to make the next million and the next billion. And you want that more than you want him to come back. 
because you love the game so much now. You've grown up in the culture of America, so you love the game. Oh, yeah, I'm going to wheel and next year going to be my breakout year. Well, who said you have next year? Who says you have next year? All he promises you is today. Because tomorrow might not come. Therefore, manage your expectations of the future because that's why you get mad at God. Because you had expectations that you had no business having. Because he says, I want you to live to your fullest today. So here's all I want to ask you. How are you doing in terms of your alertness? Let's go back to it and let's see if we can land the plane on these. Here's what he says. He says, I want you to disciple somebody. This is, all of these are biblical. All of these is what sums up the whole Bible. He says, I want, you to pour, I want you to be my witnesses and help somebody else to know me. Three things last forever. God, his word, and people. Get to know God through his word and pour it in the life of people. Those are the only three things that matter for eternity. And yet still, we care more about the house, the car, the, the stuff, the, the investment account, the gold, the crypto. The, you care about everything else except somebody else that you could be pouring into and teaching them how to bring all of life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you, the one person who clapped. Praise the Lord. Me and you right there. Deepen your love for God, your neighbors and your enemies. He says, love God, love people. He says, know and live my word. He says, pray for me to come quickly because that's what your soul is really learning for. All the stuff you're doing and the business you're in, it's really trying to, it's a placebo. You're trying to fill your hole in your heart with something. And what he really wants is a God-sized hole that God created. So he's the only one that fits. You can pursue everything else. It won't find, it won't give you the satisfaction you want. It might give you for a while. And then it will run out. He continues. He says, I want you to live as if today is your last day. And then I want you to share your faith every single day with somebody. And then I want you to walk in the spirit so you don't fulfill the deeds of the flesh. Here it is. Here's your chart. How are you doing? As we land, I want you to remember, God says, I went to a cross so you could be my witnesses. Will you represent me well? Heavenly Father, Will you help this body of believers bring all of life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Help us to stop looking in the stands. Help us to stop looking at somebody else's real and somebody else's life and somebody else's game. And will you help us to live our lives for the glory of the one who sits on the throne? Thank you for the book of Revelation. Thank you for every one of these seals that reminds us of what's coming. Will you use it to inspire us now to get in the set position so you can use us as witnesses, just like you'll use the one forty-four thousand. You'll use us as witnesses to pull off what you've called us to do. Thank you for an incredible body of believers that deeply care about the scriptures and want to live it out in their lives. Teach us how to do that. Teach us how to ask ourselves these, in these seven areas every single day. How am I doing with discipling? Am I being discipled or have I been discipled? Ask us how we're doing. Am I, am I craving your return? Ask us how we're doing. Are we loving you, our neighbors, and their enemies? God, please, quicken us. May it never be removed from our minds. The daily activities that you have commanded for us to do. Thanks for the opportunity to make the course correction. Thank you for your grace to allow us to make the course connection. Allow us now the privilege of doing that. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said?